Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Both people have to really want it to work. Yes. And if they don't, you don't have any chance. If one wants it to work, that's not enough. Commitment is the biggest force in keeping couples together. I believe that love is a choice. It truly is. If you want to make it work and both people want to make it work, they will. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome, listeners. I am excited to get to know Jackie Pillowsoff a little bit more. She's going to be a great resource for my listeners. She's part of Divorce Girl. Well, you found it, Divorce Girl Smiling. And we're going to learn more about what that is a little bit later on in the episode, but I'm going to start out. Jackie's going to give us her authentic story because I love all the people that I have on this podcast have been through something hard and are passionate about doing something to make life better for others. So I can't wait to get to know you better, Jackie. So we're going to hear that story. Then we're going to talk about one of the resources that Jackie has on her website. There's many is an article about healing a broken heart. I read it and I had some insights. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you about that. And then we're going to jump in and learn more about your app and your resources. So Jackie, I just want you to know, I am extremely grateful that you're here. You're taking the time to talk to my listeners. So thank you so much and welcome. Lisa, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk to you. Well, yeah. So here we go. We get to know you better now. Tell me, I don't even know, Jackie, I don't know what your authentic story is. So tell me what led you to this path to be the divorce girl smiling. All right. So (laughs) I went through a divorce. So basically I was 41. I had two small kids, toddlers, no family in the town where I lived. Now we're talking, this was 2008. So nobody was really Googling yet. So it wasn't a thing and there was nothing out there. And I really felt lonely, like I was on an island. I didn't have any divorced friends. I didn't even know one person who was divorced. I had no one to talk to. My married friends, I love them. I still love them, but they didn't really understand what I was going through. And so I started Divorce Girl Smiling a few years after my divorce, actually like four or five years later. And I wanted people to have a place to go where they could get information at two o'clock in the morning if they're on their computer and they, or they can't sleep and they get on the computer or anytime. And it's just a place where people can connect. I have a huge Facebook group where women are talking to each other on the group. And then lastly, to find good divorce professionals. So I actually found my divorce attorney when I was going through a divorce 
I dropped my kids off at preschool and I was crying in the parking lot. And there was this woman and she's like, what's wrong? She's now one of my best friends. And I said, I'm going through a divorce. I don't want to tell anyone. And I said, I don't even know who to call for an attorney. And she's like, I know this guy, he's an attorney. And that's how I found my attorney. And luckily he was good. But can you imagine that is how I found an attorney? So instead of Googling attorneys, people can actually go on my site. They're all vetted. They're people I know and that I trust. And there's no one on Divorce Girl Smiling that I wouldn't do business with myself. So that's so good to know. I mean, you kind of said it's like an Angie's list for divorce. And I feel like, Jackie, you're kind of a pioneer. This was new back when you needed it. Like you said, you couldn't go on and look up any information. But I think you make a good point because I did. I was just a guest on another podcast and they were talking about how do you know a mediator is good? How do you know a divorce attorney is good? Because as you know, now there's so much information out there. How do you trust it? So I just feel like what you're doing, how you're serving women is going to help them tremendously. And then not to mention, you know, the tidbits of information that I found on your website. And I think that was one of the next things I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. was your article about heartbreak. Right. What made you write that article? So people, I think when they're in pain, they search on the internet for what they're in pain about. And this search comes up a lot. Like people have asked me questions. And when someone's in pain and they have this broken heart, they just want help. They want validation. They want to talk to somebody about it. They want advice. They want their pain to go away. So I thought, I'm going to write an article that if I had a broken heart, which trust me, not even just from my divorce. I've had many broken hearts in my life. And what would I want to talk about with someone? What would I want in an article? And what would make me feel better? And what's the truth too? I don't sugarcoat things and right. just say stuff to make people feel better. So that was how it got started. I read it. And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think you said, when I looked at, like, when I was thinking, how does someone get over a broken heart? Because of course, it's hard to live in that pain. You had an answer of the first thing to do is to understand why, mm -hmm. right? And I was kind of looking through that and thinking through it. And it was really interesting how it hit me with a friendship that I have. And I was like, oh. I'm a little bit brokenhearted about this. So I actually wrote them down. I think there's five of them. And you said there's kind of like five reasons why, right? Right. That you have a broken heart. And you didn't want to see trouble. Okay. So if you understand why you're so upset and you're honest with yourself, this is kind of what they do in therapy. I'm not a therapist, but I've had enough therapy in my life. This <laughs> is what they talk about. They say like, why do you feel this way? And if you can break it down and think to yourself, what's really bothering me? you'll get over it quicker. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's really what these things are. So yes, the first one of these things is maybe you didn't want to see the signs of trouble that were clearly there. Like I'm sure Lisa, as a woman, you know, 
we fall in love and we ignore the bad behavior and the red flags because we don't want to see that. It's too painful. We're not ready to break up. We're still in love with a lot of other aspects of the person. So nobody's all good or all bad. And so we don't want to see those signs. We don't want to see that, oh, my husband has been drinking five beers every night with dinner. Hmm, maybe there's a problem. Right. You want to see it. Or, you know, maybe you don't want to see, but later you look back and you remember that he was getting these late night texts and he was like, oh, it's the guys from the office. And you didn't want to see it. You weren't ready to say, okay, he is cheating. Yeah. Well, and okay. And you talk about how you can be heartbroken from a spouse or a friend. When I read that one, I thought, oh, I didn't even realize I was going through that in a friendship right now. And it's a friend that I felt like needed me, you know, and I am a nice person and I care about people. And she would do, um, she would be mean. She would say mean things and I would be like, but no, she didn't really mean, you know, and I keep, it's just so interesting. It's exactly what you're saying. I'd be like, no, she couldn't have meant that. Or there was maybe some jealousy between our daughters who were the same age and she would say mean things and I would be so confused and I almost didn't address it because I was so put off. And then I would go, no, that couldn't be right. Where my husband was like, I don't know about that. And so I think finally I got to the point where I thought, well, this isn't really good for me to be in this, but it still feels really weird. So I was happy to see this and to go, well, now I can kind of understand what I'm going through. And it's with a friendship. Not as painful as... Oh, no. I was about to tell you, I think it could be more painful. When you break up with a girlfriend, like when you have a falling out, it's the worst. I have a heartbreak from a girlfriend and it's awful. So Lisa, I'm so sorry you're going through this. (laughs) Well, thank you. But I will say, you know, you just mentioned something and you said she was mean to me. Well, that's that's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you have a lot of good friends who aren't mean to you. So really by distancing yourself from the toxicity, that was a very hard, but a move that shows me that you have self-love and that you're not going to put up with somebody treating you inappropriately. That just doesn't work for whatever reason. I mean, it doesn't mean she's a bad person. She's really unhappy and took it out on you, you know? So, right. And I'm new to the self-love thing. And so it is very uncomfortable for me. I still feel like I should keep going back for more. It's really bizarre. Well, next time you feel that way, you should say to yourself, like, don't I deserve better? Mm -hmm. Do I really deserve to be treated this way? And I tell women that, and men, about their spouse treating them, you know, not so good. Don't you love yourself enough to say, yeah, it might be kind of lonely without this person, and I might miss him or her, but in the end, I deserve to be treated better than this. And therefore the better choice in self-love is to get rid of the toxicity. Yeah. And then just think about how much space that opens for you to have time for good things and kind friends. And so it's very interesting though. It's not easy to do. I don't know if it's habit or what the, you know, what you hold on to with that, 
But, you know, and I think another thing, and this is another reason that you have is that you keep expecting them to change. And I think that I would bring up things to her and say, wait a minute, I don't, you know, I can't hear that. And then, you know, she would apologize. She was good about apologizing. And then I thought it, she'll change. And then she didn't because then it would pop up again. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Well, it's funny because one thing that I hear from so many women getting divorced is that their spouse changes after they get divorced. It kills them because they're like, why couldn't he change when we were still married? We would still be married. And so that just kills people. And I, I mean, what I say is, look, first of all, the change could be temporary. You know, he could be yeah. putting on his best face for his new girlfriend because everybody's <laughs> their best behavior for the first year of a relationship. And then also, you know, even if he is changing for the better, maybe it took the divorce and it's sad, but your journey is to be happy and move on and be happy in another relationship with somebody who's a better fit and is better treating you and is better for you. Yeah. And you know, Jackie, I can't help, but I always think of when I tell my clients this, because I always want to make sure they're ready to divorce mm-hmm. because it's a big deal. And I, and so I want to make sure that they've done everything. It's really interesting how sometimes even if just one of the parties works on themselves, it's catchy. And, you know, so if you can get those people, maybe a marriage can be saved because sometimes that other person will, you know, jump on and want to make those changes too and see the positivity about it. But so the best thing you can do is take care of yourself, right? Absolutely. And you can only control yourself. You can make all the changes you want in yourself, but you can't make your soon-to-be spouse change, you know? And so in the article, when I wrote, you kept expecting him to change. That's because you didn't want to be divorced, but you and your heart knows he's not going to change, at least for you, at least right now. And so it's painful. It's scary. Probably the hardest part about divorce for people is change because people don't like change. And so that's so hard for them, you know, but it's the better choice a lot of times. Yep, sometimes it is. You know, and then another point that you made is that you're tired of being hurt. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Okay, so Lisa, don't you feel like breaking up is exhausting? Yes. Exhausting. It zaps out all your energy and you're like, I can't take this anymore. I can't go through another breakup. I can't have my heart broken. I can't. Yes. How am I going to trust anyone ever again after this? It's exhausting. And that can feel depressing and hopeless. And it's not. I want to tell your listeners that I promise you, I know thousands. I'm not even going to say hundreds because now I think it's thousands of women who were exhausted like you breaking up. And then they ended up literally a year or two or three later calling me and saying, oh my gosh, I'm in love. Yes. And I tell my clients that, I mean, all my clients that I talk to later on, when they look back, they go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that happened. But Jackie, not to like bring this up because it's not the same, but that friendship thing, Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit of it too. Because I'm like, I'm getting older. My kid's not going to be in, my youngest won't be in high school. 
lots of my friendships. I've had a kid in the house for 29 years, you know, with the span of ages. My friendships develop around my children's activities and what they do. And so now I'm like, oh, this person's not going to be in my life. I don't know if I have the energy to build a new relationship or to go if I have to fly out to Minneapolis, <laughs> wherever you are, and become your best friend, stay away from this toxic woman. That's what do. The good thing is she doesn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> this will be the I one she does. This because I don't like her. No, <laughs> no I just don't like people treating people in a not so nice way. Right, and you from what I know from meeting you are just such a lovely person. What you do in your career is so nice. You're and you're a great mom. And I promise you, you deserve better as far as friends. You're right. There really is no difference if we're talking about relationships. I have a friend. She actually kind of dumped me and I have had such a hard time with it. It's so hurtful. I have cried. I have dreams about her. It's like, well, it's like, I just can't let it go. And I, I don't even know why. And so really, I understand that pain. And sometimes you just don't ever find out why or what happened. Right. And you just live with it. Yeah, it is interesting. And I just thought, I'm just being authentic. This is something that I just figured out when I read your article today and it hit me and I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I just wanted to talk and you know what, you're kind of coaching me and helping me. So I appreciate that live on the air. Another point that I wrote down is that you were forcing things to be right, even though you knew it wasn't a good fit. So this brings me back to my whole dating life. So I didn't get married till I was 35. So I dated from the time I was, what, 16 till 35. And I had so many heartbreaks and nothing ever worked out. And I would meet someone and then I would convince myself that I was going to make it work. And you finally come to this point where you realize that if it's not right, it's just never going to work no matter how hard you try. And the other thing I tell people is that both people have to really want it to work. Yes. And if they don't, you don't have any chance. If one wants it to work, that's not enough. Commitment is the biggest force in keeping couples together. I believe that love is a choice. It truly is. If you want to make it work and both people want to make it work, they will. Amen. That is so true. You know, and a good point for couples who want to try to stay together. It's not easy. I mean, sometimes I think people just get married because they think it's time. You know, it's time for me to do this. I was 35. The clock was ticking. I wanted kids. Yeah. And this was the guy in my life. I mean, listen, I don't want to minimize it. I did love, feel like at the time I was in love and everything was great for a few years. And then it wasn't. Right. And now I'm going to jump in to your last point that I could really relate to this one. And it was just that you really, really, really loved the person mm -hmm. and you're heartbroken because you really, really love them. And, you know, they didn't love you back. Right. 
Is that? Or maybe they had an addiction or right. maybe they loved you, but they didn't treat you right. Or maybe they cheated or maybe you really love them, but you're not in love and you don't have that passion anymore, whatever it is. But it's that's really the whole point of me writing that point was that you have to live with the pain for a little while, accept it, live with it and say, this freaking hurts like hell, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. That's healthy to sit with it and say that I am very much grieving and this hurts and I'm angry. Maybe you're angry with God. Maybe you're angry with yourself. Maybe you're angry with your ex or other people, you know, involved, but acknowledging all of the emotions is really important. Like, don't say, oh, he was like a jerk anyway. I don't want him. Well, you know, you married him. So obviously you didn't think he was a jerk the whole time. Right. And acknowledging, like, I'm scared. I'm angry. I'm really sad. I'm hurt. People who don't acknowledge that, they just get angry and kind of bitter. And underneath all the bitterness, they're really in pain and hurting. And so if you just have the vulnerability and the guts to say, you know what, he really broke my heart and hurt me so badly. If you're willing to say that to like your therapist or your divorce coach or your mediator or a friend, then it will help you in healing quicker. Oh, look what you just said to me about your friend. You, right. you were authentic. You were vulnerable. That will help you. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking through to even just saying it to yourself, because that is something that I have learned. I have tried to push down feelings or not, not wanting to feel them, thinking that would make it go away, stopping them. And you know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I have just... Yeah, you and you were talking about this earlier too. You know, I have just started to, I have a feelings wheel and I have just started to really look at what am I feeling and sit with it. Not to like be there forever, but if I don't address it, and here's the thing, I used to have anxiety pretty bad. And when finally I went, and sometimes I still will in the middle of the night and I just go, hello, anxiety. It just kind of, gives me a little relief. It's the most amazing thing that I have learned late in life that has really helped me a lot. So yeah, I think being vulnerable to others and letting, realizing it yourself, like you're not protecting yourself by saying, yeah, he was no good for me anyway, if you're really heartbroken. Okay, wait, I have to say something about the anxiety because I love that so much. Okay, I went to a therapist a few times who was her whole practice was about anxiety because I was, I have anxiety as well. And she said kind of what you said. She said, you have to look at the anxiety and let's say the anxiety is sitting on your shoulder. You have to go like this. I don't want to deal with you. Hi, see you later. Anxiety. I'm not going to let you get the best of me. Mm -hmm. You know, acknowledge, okay, I'm stressed about this. Nope, not going to do it. Don't give it any attention. You know, and Jackie, kind of what I have learned to do, it's very similar to what you're saying, is I will look at it and I'll go, what is the thought behind that anxiety? And then I'll go, is that true? You know, whatever it is. And then if it's true, I'll say, is it serving me? And then I'll try to come up with a thought that I can believe that 
makes me feel better. So that's how I pluck it off my shoulder a little bit. And I heard this great thing that less than 1% of what you're worried about is actually going to happen. I mean, Jackie, don't you notice it? All the worry that you've done your whole life, it always ends up, it's like, why did I live my life worrying? I could have just been carefree. Everything turned out anyway. My worrying about it didn't help at all. Right. It just made me miserable. So let's just all suffer less. A hundred (laughs) percent. Great advice. (laughs) I love this. And love yourself enough to let yourself suffer less. Say, why am I doing this to myself? Don't I love myself? Amen. It's going to be fine. Yep. Jackie, this is so amazing and fun. And I can't believe we're like getting to the end of this episode. I do feel like I made a new friend and a new little coach to coach me through my little heartbreak. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to. Or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now. Because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. As you know, because I'm in the barn, I've got my horses back there. At the end of my episode, I do what I call the saddle up segment, where I ask my guests for just a tidbit of advice, something small that my listeners can do right now to have a better life or to feel healthier, whatever it is. And you've given us so much. But is there one last thing that you could leave us with? Yes, I have a great tip. So everybody who's listening to this probably is either going through a divorce or thinking about one or they're already divorced and they've been through like a lot of change and nobody likes change. Remember, we were talking about that. So what I tell people is you're not expected to change your whole life overnight. So If you make little changes, one a week, your life will start to get better and better. So like maybe this week you'll say, you know what, I'm going to start walking every day for 15 minutes during my lunch hour. And I'm going to do it every single day. And do that just for a week. Don't wake up and say, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to go on dating apps. I'm going to do this one thing at a time. Because if you have little changes, you'll stick to them and then they'll build on each other. Now, next week, you'll say, okay, I've been walking 
for 15 minutes every day, I feel great. I'm going to bump it up to 30 or, and at night I'm going to do like a meditative stretch just for like 10 minutes before I go to bed every night. And then just little things like that help so much. So just remember little changes and also believe in yourself and have faith that everything is going to be great and that you're going to have a beautiful life ahead of you. Oh, so good. That was so good, Jackie. Thank you so much. And just listeners, if you are going through a divorce or need some support, find Jackie. You can go to divorcegirlsmiling.com and it will take you to the mobile app, to the podcast, to articles, and then to a list of trusted divorce professionals like lawyers, mortgage lenders, real estate agents, divorce coaches, all different kind of things that you need. And before we were recording, Lisa, I was telling you, I don't have any Divorce Girl Smiling partners on the site that I would not do business with myself. So they're all vetted really well. They're really good people. So good to know. So listeners, find Jackie there, Divorce Girl Smiling. Thanks so much for being with us. Lisa, thanks so much for having me. Take care. Hey friends, you may have heard me mention my swan analogy, how mediation is a lot like a swan gliding on a lake, not necessarily happy, not necessarily sad, but content, calm, and peaceful. I especially want this for my parents. And in custody cases involving alcohol, it can be very difficult to find peace of mind if you're fearful your child's safety is in jeopardy. Soberlink helps ease these concerns and improve child safety, which is why I recommend it to all my clients who raise concerns over a co-parent's alcohol misuse. Soberlink has remote alcohol monitoring technology, allowing parents to receive real-time alerts multiple times a day, ensuring the child is with a sober parent. Similar to mediation, Soberlink is time and cost-effective and worth every penny knowing your child is safe. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com different. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.